Hello there. Week 9 of the 2018 NFL season is in the books, and after the fallout from the trade deadline, the game week started with Nick Mullins not being that crap after all, whilst the Raiders continue to stink up the joint. Breeze is brilliant, Dak and Dallas are not. Connor continues to excel, the Rams finally lose. Nate Peterman is... Well, Nate Peterman, whilst the battle between Brady and Rogers proves more than anything that this is a team game and this Packers team currently suck. All this and much more coming up this week on Bill Belichick's World. Welcome one and all to the Bill Belichick's World podcast recorded in the plush surroundings of the doghouse. My name is Johnny Frash, and with me today uh, is the usual Motley crew, Fourth and Inches, Jimmy G, G-Lo, and Old Dirty Bastard Griff. Um, anyway, uh, for those listening, uh, remember to jump on social media to say hello, uh, give us five stars on iTunes, and uh, <laughs> hit me up on Tinder, because why not? Uh, let's jump into the action with the results roundup, starting with... Um, the Thursday night game featuring the unluckiest team in the NFL this year and a great pile of shit. Yep, so over to me is the great pile of shit. So for the consolidated scores from last week, Thursday night football, the battle of the shit bay, Raiders 3, 49ers 34. Bears 41, the Nate Peterman flaming shit show 9. The Kansas City Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> it's about time. <laughs> oh, that's a whole, a whole new avenue of names. The Kansas City Chiefs, thirty-seven. The still shit Browns, twenty-one. The now again dog shit Jets, six. Brock's Jocks, thirteen. The toothless, tateless Lions, nine. The Vikings, twenty-four. Falcons, thirty-eight. Redskins, 14. Ryan Fitzpatrick's Fitzmagic Bus, 28. The Panthers, 42. And a significant result for the Steelers. Scoring 23, Ravens, 16. The Nobody Cares game, 19-17 to the Texans. (laughs) Chargers, 25. Seahawks, 17. The Saints... Knocked off the undefeated streak of the Rams, 45-35. And in the greatest of all time match, the Patriots beat the Packers, 31-17. And on Monday Night Football, the Cowboys sucked a dick. (laughs) (laughs) I'm assuming you stayed up to watch that dick sucking like you normally do, yeah? Of course. (laughs) Thanks for footages. Okay, let's jump into the game reviews. Uh, starting with a great win for Beat Hard Boys uh, without Beat Hard. Uh, so uh, CJ sat out with a limp wrist and was replaced by Nick Mullins, who went to have the most productive debut for a quarterback since the 1970s merger. So, two Niners fans in the doghouse, are things looking up, or is this merely the fact that they played the Raiders? I think it's merely the fact that they play the Raiders, but let's give Carl Shannon a bit of credit. He's always had a team that's really ready to compete. Did it again on Thursday. Uh, Nick Mullins, undrafted free agent out of South Southern Miss. He looked really good, but then most quarterbacks look really good against the Raiders. 
I think um, over the last, I don't know, back in the last season and all through this season, even with the Niners' struggle, when you look at the Bills, you look at the Browns, the Jets, you know, the Ravens even now, um, you see all sorts of pressure coming onto those franchises because there's a belief that they're not performing. And I don't think you're really hearing that in the same way with the 49ers. I think there's, you know, Garcon turned up this week finally. Scored his first touchdown as a niner. Two years, yeah. Did tell you he was terrible for the whole time he's been there. Um, but there hasn't been a lot of real star players that haven't been performing because most of them haven't been on the pitch. And I think because of that, there hasn't been the same level of pressure. But I think what Shanahan has done is he's uncovered a couple of diamonds that he didn't, you know, nobody thought Kittle was going to be this good, for example. Um, and he's really tried to keep the team competitive. Like you say, I think the defence, if it had everybody fit, you'd find that that defence was doing a, a pretty decent job. So I think um, I think Shanahan is proving that he's a decent coach. It's just not the year we hoped it would be. But it's a lot of external factors. Even last year, before the Garoppolo trade, we weren't losing games by much. We were losing them by a score. Not even that. Sometimes it's three, five points. And most of the games this year, without Groppolo and even with Groppolo against the, the against the Vikings, we've not been losing. We've not been absolutely hammered like yeah. the Browns were last year or like the Raiders have been this year. The team, everyone who's playing, is going out there. They're competing. They're playing really hard, which shows that you know there's obviously a lot of respect, a lot of love for the, the coaches that they're playing for. And you know, Shanahan's done a great job of making sure they're well coached up. It is apparently a complicated system that he runs, but the quarterbacks have all managed to do very well in it, apart from um, Brian Hoyer. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, that's the thing. You know, I think the, the franchise is well set up. They, you know, last year they started on a on a process of, of getting good young players in. They did lose some of the senior players from the locker room. Um, unfortunately, you know, when you lose Jimmy G, as well as, you know, etc., etc., etc. Everybody you could think of, everyone that we've just invested in, um, and you're left with a load of rookies. You know, and the odd veteran. I think you know they're doing very well. So, yeah, you know, just ride it through to the end of the season. Hopefully, Jimmy G comes back the same player that he was. You know, take advantage of that high draft pick we're going to get, and 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 take it from there. Nobody seems too too worked up about it, do they? No, I don't think we should. I don't think they should be either, because like I said, they are playing well. It's, I think what is actually really encouraging to see is you, you look down through some of the stats. You look, especially on the defensive side of it. You know, Fred Warner seven tackles. You know, the most ta- most solo tackles of the whole game. Cassius Marsh two and a half sacks. Dakota Watson, one and a half sacks. Okay, they're playing against a really bad offensive line, but you know these young players are starting to perform. And we always say, you know, young players need that game time experience. They need that time to be able to get up to the speed of the NFL. This is a great opportunity for them to be developing, getting that experience. And then next year, when hopefully everyone comes back fit, this will be a really competitive team. I think, you know, even this week, we still had another player injured. So, Moss yeah, I didn't see the video. Out. I didn't want to watch it because it sounds like it was nasty. Um, horrid. But, you Absolutely know, horrid. another broke, it's an, a broken arm. You know, this guy, you know, young young player, really started to, you know, Brader, take young his, player. Yeah, take his opportunity, look yeah, good. But Brader's already nursing injuries. We've already lost McKinnon, yeah. So, but this guy's been proved to be better than Alfred Morris, who we don't want to play with at all, apparently. Um, and you know, then he breaks his arm. So he has a great game, breaks his arm right at the end. It's like, you know, what bad luck can you have in one one season? One of the things that it really interested me with this game was Nick Mullins, because Brett Favre was quite good, wasn't he? Yeah, I thought so. 
So did all right. Yeah, he, yeah, that Hall of Fame quarterback. He was he was okay. Yeah. So um, he Nick Mullins outscored Brett Favre in, in his college. Yeah, by some way. And all, all right, he was undrafted, and he's been on the books of the 49ers for the last two years, and it's his first start. But it's not a surprise he's going to be a decent quarterback if he's outscoring a Hall of Famer at college. Yeah, that's a fair point. And actually, the, the video after after the game of him in the locker room shows that you know the team rallied, obviously rallied around him, but they've obviously you know they respect him enough to cheer him on and really get behind him. I think the thing is that you know it's, there can only be one quarterback. Yeah, so there must be so many players that come out of college that have the opportunity, don't have the opportunity, sorry, to to really understand how good they're going to be. So, you know, they go to the combine, scouts go and watch them. Decisions are made, you know, about 19, 20, 21 year olds. You don't know how these guys are going to mature. You know, nobody knew how Brady was going to mature. And unfortunately, there's just not enough space for them all to get a chance. So, you know, you just don't know. But when teams take a punt on somebody, they might take two, three years to to make a decision that they don't want them. So it's you know these guys don't get a chance, do they? No, there's only there's only 32 starting quarterbacks in the league. Exactly. That's 32 opportunities amongst the whole of the United States plus the world. But yeah. realistically, yeah. it's going to the United States. But what's interesting, when you look at other teams like the Bills, how many quarterbacks have gone through there, and they can't seem to nail it. How much of it is on the quality of the quarterbacks and the scouting department to bring in quality quarterbacks, or how much is it on the coaching team? I think a lot of it, you know, Mullins has come in and the Shanahan system really helps. I think he had he had, he had the, the playbook set up to help Mullins as a, and as well, you know, it helps when you have a a tight end you can get seventy yard uh, runs, and you know it, you know it all helped Mullins, but. As well, let's not forget, the Raiders were just really shit. Yeah, they are shit. But going back to your quarterback point, sorry, John. Um, but like me and John were watching Red Zone. What are you laughing at me, just ignoring John? But me and John, actually, I'm going back to a point me and John were talking about. So I think you're totally right, because we were talking about um, the Bucks and um, what's going on there. And, you know, oh, should it be Fitzmagic? Should it be Jameis? Well, they're both just being coached badly with bad calls. Surely Dirk Cotter's who needs to go. It's not whether it's... And I get Jameis throws a lot of interceptions and he throws the ball badly. It's right, Griff's looking at me. But Griff was looking up because he was agreeing with surely you. Surely Dirk Cotter... Fucking never is, happens. But he's, really, <laughs> he's fucking, the biggest issue, isn't he? It shocked me out of my research-induced coma over but it. He's the issue. Yeah, Cutter's the issue. We're going to get on to the Bills in a minute where McDermott is the issue. Exactly. Uh, I, I think there's a lot of problems uh, with a lot of teams. Yeah. And, and Gruden is... 10 years out of place. Yeah, and I am not wasting my time talking about the fucking Raiders. No. Sorry, Seems fair. We should mention that they cut Bruce Irving this week as well. Oh, yeah, because, yeah, they oh, don't they, need him. Because they don't need anybody else <laughs> in defence. Uh, my favourite thing that I think I tweeted to all of you or sent to all of you this week, sorry, is that the Raiders only have four players who've registered a sack this year and the Ravens have at least 13 players with one sack each. That is a disaster. Yeah, that they're having at the Raiders. Yeah, but if they're not going to sack Gruden, nobody else is going to get in the habit of sacking, are they? <laughs> that's that's quite good for you. you. You haven't thumbed that in or anything. Yeah, I liked pretty it. bad for Thumbs me. Yeah. <laughs> and one thing I just wanted to circle back to very quickly: Pierre Garcon looked okay. He got into a load of space once, and Mullins was able to find him. But other than that, he's still not the man we need there. I'd have scored if I was in that much space. 
he he had half a field to yeah. to, to, to it wander was into. It was a massive broken. I, mean, I would have had a fallen coverage. over, but you know, I had so much space, no one would have touched me. That You'd it, have time to get up, dust yourself yeah. down, have a look around, and then walk backwards yeah. into the end zone. I could have moonwalked it, and that that's just how bad they were. So that's how bad the the Raiders are that Pierre Garçon caught a touchdown. I mean, yeah. if that shows you anything, just categorically. Leave the Raiders there. Garson not good. That's how bad they are. The 49ers could have played Hoyer, and I don't think the score would have been much different. I was just about to say the same thing. I think you're right. I didn't. Uh, I wasn't quick enough to write down when the stat came up on the screen during red zone, but <coughs> they put up uh, the opening day debut stats of Montana and Young when they came up, and I think both of them passed for less than 100 yards on their debut. Um, all right, it's a passing league. Mullins has come into a pass-friendly uh, system, and he was playing the worst defence in the league, probably. But now there's a genuine competition between Mullen and Beathard because they're both going to be one of showcasing. One of them isn't there next year. One of them's a backup to Jimmy G, and one of them is probably playing somewhere else. If he has another two decent games, Mullen, he probably gets the contract somewhere else. So this, this is a genuine competition now. It's actually worth watching the Niners to see what happens. That's what, that's what I think. A bit of competition is healthy for the team. And you've got some winnable games coming yeah, up as well. I was going to say, there's some winnable games, you know, even for the Niners. You know, even next Monday. You know, the Giants at the Levi's Stadium. <laughs> You'd give the, the Niners a, a shot at that, definitely. It just depends which Giants turn up. Um, so, it's going to be the 2007 Giants, so I think you're safe. <laughs> but I think, um, I think you'll probably find that Depending on how Beathard re- recovers from his injury, you might find you know a bit of both players playing in in a few games. You know, I think I think the rumour has been quite strong that Mullins is going to start the next game. I think you yeah. have to if you, if someone plays that well, whether they're, they're debut the or hand. not, yeah. you know, stick with the hot hand. Yep. Yeah. No. Fair enough. Well, let's yeah, let's not even mention the Raiders anymore. Uh, so. Uh, terrible coaches and terrible teams, young quarterbacks making their way in the league. Let's move our attention to the Bears, Annihilation of the Bills. Uh, Nate Peterman uh, is the worst quarterback of all time. We know... <laughs> it's not even d- close. No. Is that, is that stati- statistically proven? Because I know you have the stat group. Here, here is the key thing. He's the first player to throw 11 or more interceptions on his first 100 passing attempts. He's the first player ever to do that. I think he's now thrown 12. I think he's 3-12 and 12 passing touchdowns to interceptions. <laughs> well, there are five of us in here, and I reckon four out of five of us could do that. John's got short arms. He's at a disadvantage. But the rest of us could definitely do that. He's awful. But it's not his fault. It's, it's a team that hasn't bothered to bring in somebody. So I wrote down four, and John actually mentioned one of these when we got here. They were saying about a tweet from EJ Manuel, who, yeah, is, uh, who was a former first-round pick from the Bills in 2013 or 2012. About then, uh, and basically got unceremoniously kicked out after playing on a terrible Bills team and winning, I'm going to say, six games in two seasons. We saw him play in London, where he became the first quarterback to lose in three different countries, the USA, Canada, and England. But he wasn't Nate Peterman bad, was he? He he, he put up touchdowns. He was better with his legs than Peterman. Uh, I've also got Landry Jones... Sam Bradford, Tyrod Taylor, or Tyrod Taylor, and RG3, who are all sitting around, either not employed or on benches, that the Bills should have been in contact with. Because Derek Anderson had been retired, and is now still in the concussion protocol. And Nate Peterman, it's not his fault. He just doesn't belong on a football field. He's not good enough. And they should now be saying, 
we have to not do this. It's embarrassing for the franchise. It's, it's not their fault Josh Allen got injured. It's embarrassing for the league. It, it is. It, it is embarrassing the for the league. The quarterback is the position you sell the league on. And, you know, it, you, the to thing have is, though, Nate Peatman there. People are watching. Because well, <laughs> they want to see him yeah, be bad. Yeah. Well, I saw um, a few things out there suggesting that uh, maybe relegation um, should be uh, started and maybe the Bills and the Raiders could be uh, got rid of and maybe Alabama could come and play uh, in the NFL <laughs> because they're so good. They would absolutely destroy the Bills. So uh, I heard it suggested that the Bills should just fuck off for the rest of the year. Buffalo is sort of north and Oakland don't have a home next year. So can we just send them to Canada? Well, I suppose you could, but... Because well, both of them, both, both of them, yeah, just fuck them off. So, I've got an amazing stat on Peterman for half time of um, this week. So, at half time, his 12 out of 19, 75 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions were good enough to raise his career passer rating from 31.4 to 31.5. <laughs> so, he had another interception, and that moved him all the way up to 32.5. But his his whole game was just terrible. I mean, he, he's in there trying to do a job, but he, he was asked to throw 49 times. <laughs> he completed 31 <laughs> passes for a massive 189 yards at an average of 3.9 per pass. That's ridiculous. He's a terrible quarterback. We've established that. Why ask, to throw, ask a terrible quarterback to throw 49 times? So, that, that, I mean, there's systematically things wrong at the Bills. The running game is now shot to shit. McCoy can't do it. Chris Ivory got injured. Nate Peterman was actually the lead rusher with 46 yards on the day. And a touchdown. And a touchdown. I think uh, you've basically proved my point. It's a systematic problem, and McDermott is right at the top of that. I don't even know who the Bills GM is. I couldn't tell you, but that person is also guilty because somebody at the top ought to be pulling the reins and saying, what are you doing? We made the playoffs last year for the first time since... 1974 or something, whenever it was, 1999. Yeah. And they, they've completely wiped out all that goodwill. Everyone was like, great, the Bills have made the playoffs. No, no one could, they've gone back to being a franchise people are just embarrassed about. No one could give a, a monkeys about. I think, it's, I think it's a bad look. Regarding the Bears... Um, do Brandon we, oh, Bean. Sorry? Brandon Bean is the chief. Brandon Bean. He sounds like he... That's Bean. not a good... Mr. Bean. Mr. Bean. Well, that sums it all up nicely. Um, regarding the Bears, do we are we yet prepared he to buy into them as a playoff contender? Top of the top of the NF, uh, NFC North? I think you have to be because they are top of the NFC North. They've got a, they've got a good defence. Um, have they got a good enough offence? Just, just about. Here's why. They put up 40-plus points with less than 200 yards of offence. It's only the fourth time that's been done since 1940. Did the Jags have a good enough offence last year? They had a better offence than the Bears have got. Well, was it significantly better than what the Bears have got? That was going to be my exact point. I don't know. I haven't looked that up. I don't think it will be. And I think Trubisky is almost as good as Blake Bortles. I would say already. he's my most improved quarterback from last year to <laughs> yeah, this year. Definitely. He, I think he looks good. Yep. There's something missing that it looks like if it was all put on his shoulders for say a final play, they would fall apart. I think they do need a I think they could do with a real star receiver. Um but they have got injuries as well, haven't they at the moment? This is also a game they won without Khalil Mack for the second week in a row. He didn't play. So yeah, they left him out and I, I I think that he was probably fit and push come to shove, he probably could have played, but they knew they were, they were playing, playing the Bills. They were yeah. playing the Bills. It's like, well, we'll just give him another week off so he'll be fit and ready to go. I think they're 
do they play the Vikings or this week or the Lions? What is it? Lions. Lions. So they've got a big, big game this week. Um, going on the Bears' offense, they've had a couple of games where they've looked really good. So, okay, they put 48 points on the Buccaneers. They went very close to the Patriots where they, they lost 38 to 31. You know, on his day, Trubisky and Matt Nagy can get it together. It's just, unfortunately, there's probably a lack of consistency there. Um, but they have got some decent weapons. Trey Burton's come in, he's a decent tight end, caught another touchdown. Tariq Cohen is a good running back. They got a, a one-two running back like New Orleans, not that quality with Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard. And they have got some wide receivers. They're just not not amazing. Yeah. not amazing yet. And, you know, if if Jared Goff was in in the same team, would they be any different? So I don't think there's a lot of... I think Goff's, you know, he's got a lot of weapons around him. And I think if you put Trubisky into the Rams team, he would be doing very similar things. I don't think he does a lot wrong, Trubisky. No, he doesn't do a lot wrong. He, we, we established earlier in the season, he's still taking too long to read a lot of the field. But, yeah. okay, he's not picking it up as quick as we've, say, seen Goff do it or Deshaun Watson do it. But he's still getting there. Not everybody can be a star overnight. They're not a Super Bowl contender, but they're definitely a playoff yeah. contender. Yeah, yeah. I, think that's fair. I, I think that's 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 the answer I wanted. That's why I put this crap ah. game in there. Uh, no, one more thing uh, from this game: um, Nate Peterman has thrown more pick sixes this season than touchdowns. Just I, I like that. I saw that come up, and I thought, yeah, poor Nate Peterman. This is all I got to say. How many attempts did it take Aaron Rodgers to throw eleven interceptions? I'd go with 300 odd. I'm going to go 350. I'll go more than that. I'm going to say 500 attempts. I'm going to say 550. 993. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> okay. So just to put into context, Nate Peterman. Context. Um, okay. Well, let's move on to the Patriots. Um, they proved their class by dispatching Aaron Rodgers Packers, 17-31 in Foxborough. Uh, another Green Bay running back fumble turned the game in the Pats' favour. Where do you see Green Bay going this season? And uh, what's the future for Mike McCarthy? Out. Mike McCarthy out. Green Bay not in the playoffs is what I see. I yeah. can't. I mean, we mentioned the Bears being very good. The Vikings also had a very good game last week and looked very good. And I can't see three teams coming out of the NFC North into the playoffs, especially when other divisions like the NFC South are so good. No, um, I've got to say I agree. It's uh, I was getting pretty sick actually of because it was sold. This game was sold as you know Rogers Brady, and it, you know it's a team game, and that Packers team sucks quite frankly at the moment, uh, and they've got rid of Montgomery who. Uh, you know, has yeah, but he was. Ha Clinton Dix has yeah. gone to Washington. Uh, I just, I think McCarthy's out, and I just don't think I see them in the playoffs. I think um, what's happened is Aaron Rodgers got paid, and he's realised he's playing with loads of shit players, and he's wondering why the franchise can't afford any good players, and it's because they've they've paid him all the money, and he doesn't seem to understand that. So, like. You know, he's lost some of his great wide receivers, his tight end, etc., etc., And he's just going, what is this? What, what am I playing with? And he's, you know, I think he's just a bit fed up, isn't he? I think unfairly so. He's playing with Jimmy Graham, who has the second uh, most TDs amongst active players. 71 yeah. touchdowns he's got since 2010. Um, he's got, he's got he, Devontae he, Adams, who at one point this season had the 
most touchdowns across a season's worth of games. So at 16 games from the middle of last year to this year. Um, and the, All right, they've always struggled at running back, but that was Aaron Jones' 154th touch of the ball as a professional and his first fumble. So you can't you can't say that's on him. Like they're going to fumble at some point. Aaron Rodgers is making excuses all the time, and it drives me up the wall. He just he looks miserable. Like you see him on the field, and he's like his hands go up in desperation if someone misses a catch. And Marquez Valdez Scantling had what hundred and something yards, hundred and one yards on three receptions. He's a rookie. He can't play better than that. And Rodgers just looks pissed off. Yeah, uh, uh, I'm, not, I'm not buying it. I think he's believed a lot of his own hype. I definitely think that he thinks he's the greatest of all time. Um, yeah. And, yeah, he shouldn't. And, I, it, yeah. I, you know, he's got to remember it's cold in, you know, in Wisconsin. Like, you know, how are they supposed to catch the ball? You know, their hands are cold. You know, give, <laughs> give them a fucking break, Aaron. Like, they're not pumped full of whiskey like you are. <laughs> I absolutely agree. I think his attitude at the moment stinks. You look at someone like Russell Wilson, who, you know, he's over through a pass to David Moore. He had a, a split second of looking angry, and then he got on with it. And you don't see that from Rodgers. You don't see it from Brady. You don't see see that from any other leading quarterback. Rodgers is absolutely know. overrated at the moment, I think. Uh, you know, Previously, I think Green Bay have been lucky that he's been able to pull them through a couple of games. I think some of that gloss has come off of him. He's not playing to the same standard he was, and that's really showing up in Green Bay now. Has he been fit this season? Well, apparently not. I mean, he had he did. Was it? Is he still wearing the knee, knee or something? Is he still wearing the knee brace? You know, I mean, it's just a target, isn't if it? I, if I was Green Bay, I'd just get him to sit out a couple of games. And I'd rather because they can't, Kaiser. They can't because they they can't win with him. They're not going to win without him. They're already two or three games behind the Bears, and they're already two games behind the Bears. They can't afford two games where they're basically giving up. They they just can't do it. So. They've got no choice but to play him as long as he says he's fit. The problem is, he isn't Aaron Rodgers from five years ago. Tom Brady is still functioning as Tom Brady from five years ago. Aaron Rodgers is now functioning as somebody else, a, le- a shadow of Aaron Rodgers. And, and the issue is, they're such, you know, they, they keep finishing in pretty, last year, mediocre positions. This year, it's going to be a pretty mediocre position. It's not like they can really go out there and, you know, make big, you know, ripples in free agency trades, drafts, because they're just average. And if you're average in the league, it's not a very easy league to move through. If you're awful, like the Rams were awful, they could go out, they had loads of cap space, they had loads of picks, they can make a change. If you're just bang average, you've got to really decide how you're going to do it. And normally you do it with a cheap quarterback and you build everything else around them. You know, So you go and get a rookie quarterback and you build everything around them. What you can't have is a quarterback on $160 million and then go, oh, let's just put some shit around him and see how that works. I mean, the, dif- work. the difference is other great quarterbacks are elevating elevating their wide receivers. We've said it all along. Brady's never, or apart from Randy Moss, he's never had a, a Hall of Fame-style wide receiver, and yet he wins games with them. Um, Rogers isn't doing that now. He was previously. This season, he's not. I saw him mentioned as part of an MVP vote this morning on on Twitter, and you know the response to that from pretty much everybody was like, "Are you kidding? He is shit. He's not doing it. He's not getting the results. His passing completion rate is sixty one percent, which is low for for him and, and against a lot of other top quarterbacks." Um, yeah, it's just 
let's stop talking about you know the people around him and let's actually focus a little bit on the problem which could just be him this year with with reference to uh to to randy moss let's just take a quick look at the josh gordon acquisition between 2015 and the four games he was with them, or three games he was with them this year, he had 352 receiving yards for the Browns, and he has 396 for the Patriots this season already in five games, one of which he barely played. Um, there was some talk last week of him being sat for the first quarter because he was late to a team meeting, and Belichick basically blew it out of the water and said, there's no problem here, and he has been impeccable. He was targeted 10 times. Brady doesn't target anyone 10 times. And every time they need a big chunk play, and Gronk wasn't fit this week, so we didn't have him as a security blanket. Every time we needed that, they went, Josh Gordon, bang, bang, bang. Would he get 130 yards? Yeah. And he just has just fitted in. It's, it's a culture thing. The Browns couldn't do it, and they had to get rid of him. And we gave up a fifth-round pick for this guy. I mean, it's nothing, yeah. is it? It's, oh. you, it Considering that Amari Cooper went to the Cowboys for a first rounder, <laughs> yeah. I, no, no, but like I, I was cautious when we picked him up, and I'm always fairly cautious with the Patriots. But honestly, how good is that bit of business looking at the moment? But it's not when I mean, it comes back to what we were saying earlier. Um, it's it is a coaching thing. Like, so okay, the Patriots have their fair share of injuries as well. You know, Sonny Bell was out this week. He's been he's been adding quite a lot to the, the team this year. Um, Gronkowski was out, so okay, don't worry about that. We'll just get Cordarrelle Patterson, who's done not a lot. He's before. a kick returner and a, yeah. and a fourth choice wide receiver, and he picked up fifty-one yards and a score this sixty-one week. yards and a, and a touchdown. But it's just as I'm saying, it's about the team around the quarterback. And as Gay says, what is around Rogers isn't very good. Like you've got Devontae Adams, a limping, a Jimmy Graham who's sort of. Coasting towards retirement. Jeremy Allison didn't play this week. No, but Valdez Scantling's really. But you compare that to Edelman, Gordon, Hogan. You know, there are players you you want. I think it lines up fairly well. Brady elevates them. Right, that is the difference. Uh, Cordero Patterson, have you read or heard of what they're saying about him? That basically he doesn't know the playbook. Yeah, and they they just get Brady to say to him, "Run over that way," and that's what he does. They only give him one cut to make when he's playing at running back because he can't memorize two cuts in a row which way the blockers are going to be. But he's fast as fuck, so they just give him the ball and say, "Run that way." And, and that's the difference because some head coaches would just blow their top and not be able to cope with someone who can't digest the playbook. And Belichick's probably given him a A4 piece of paper with some instructions on it and said, listen to Tom. Isn't that A4 paper just run that way, mate? <laughs> <laughs> I think mean, the thing that makes this interesting for me is you mentioned the fifth round pick for Josh Gordon. Green Bay would never have done that. Green no. Bay are an unadventurous team. <clears throat> Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, they got a new GM this year and he did actually go into into free agency. But you're right, you don't expect Green Bay to be fixing their team halfway through the season, mainly because they're usually pretty good. But there were players that are available who they could have brought in, but instead they chose to send out, okay, ha-ha, Clinton Dix, who hasn't had a great season. But that's just putting extra pressure on your, on your defence when you're meant to be chasing a playoff yeah. place I think maybe they've already given up and they're like right let's just look to next year they've got two first round picks next year because of the trade they made with New Orleans um, in the draft last year so you know there's not a massive amount of talent coming through but at least they can get something else 
Of course, Rogers just misses his mate Geordie, doesn't he? Well, well, he does, and he's thrown a tantrum. Uh, ha ha, Clinton Dix, pro football focus, number two rated free safety this season, just so you know. Seven tackles this week. Yeah. I, I think Green Bay have made a massive cock up there. Same as upsetting Rodgers by getting rid of Geordie probably wasn't the right thing to do. The difference is, like we said, to start this segment, he's very audible about how he feels and he can't hide it. And it's immature. And he was immature when he didn't get picked in the first pick of the draft back in 2007, hey, six. He's now Alex Smith. Calm down. Mm. <laughs> it comes down to like leadership isn't a title, it's a behaviour. And he just he's not demonstrating that behaviour at the moment at all. Well, should we move on? <laughs> okay, we can't hide from this one any longer. We, uh, we all ranked uh, the Rams atop our power ranking last week. And... We jinxed them and they promptly went and lost to the Saints by 10 points. There is zero shame in this result, but it did prove that the Saints are better or does it prove that they are simply better on the day? I think it proves they're playing at home. I think me and Griff would say it proves the Saints are better because we've been saying that all season. Power rankings are based on current performance and and what we've observed and seen but I think both myself and uh, Griff in our agreement year um, uh, <laughs> um, you know before we go back to fighting next year um, both agreed and have said constantly that we still think the Saints are a more experienced team and due to that they will or they should win the Super Bowl um, and we've both said they will win the Super Bowl and, and I think that was proven here because what the Rams didn't do here was they didn't adapt to the fact they were playing away and if they went into a shootout against Drew Brees in New Orleans, then there was going to be a problem. And they just they just decided to go there and, you know, and try and play them off the park and they didn't manage to do it. So, um, and similarly, when they went to the Seahawks, you know, they had issues against the Seahawks because, again, they tried to go to the Seahawks and just, you know, steamroll them. That didn't happen either. So I think they just need to take some learnings and realise that they can't... They do have to play situational football as well. Uh, uh, yeah, I can agree to that. But there was the fake kick, Johnny Hecker's fake kick, when it was 14 all, And, uh, he, you know, obviously the ball changed hands on downs where, I, you know, did Hecker get... get Outstretch, get it stretched out. Did he get the fourth, the, the first down? I don't know. It looked like, well, it, to I me, it looked like it he looked got like it. He did, but I don't know if that changes the result of the game or not. I, I would agree with you. I was stunned that they did not give that as a first down because he absolutely made it. But maybe it doesn't change the outcome of the game, but at that it, point, it can go to that. 21-14, and who knows then? It, it's not that. This game was the proof that the Rams' defence cannot stand up to a shootout the Rams defence is not as good as the team has looked Aqib Tlaib doesn't look that good well he wasn't playing he wasn't uh, playing not Marcus Peters Marcus Peters, Marcus Peters. Peters. <laughs> sorry sorry who, who turned round and was basically like at one point he was looking across the rest of the back line like who am I, mean, I covering? And he, then turned around and realised that the guy had gone 20 yards past him I mean, already. He got absolutely torched by Michael Thomas yeah. the whole night and, uh, uh, if Aqib Tlaib does come back which I think they absolutely need. They'll bring him back, but he's It'll not the a same player. But he's no, not. Marcus Peters has definitely dropped off this year. Yeah, he's, he says he's, he's not fit, but he, does, he isn't year. playing like a But they like look, they look confused. And Michael Thomas, 211 yards, franchise record. The guy's amazing. He, honestly, I know there's been some contention over the 
phone celebration that he did. Apparently, the Americans are a little bit annoyed that he gave up 15 penalty yards for getting a phone out from under the covering of the uh, the posts uh, because it was a, in homage to something that happened like 15 years ago in the same game, I believe. Okay. And he had a flip phone. Which yeah, it was classic. It, it, and he had it, one it, at each end because he didn't yeah. know which end he was going to score at. <laughs> so, I mean, he replicated that celebration almost Yeah, perfectly. I've, seen, I've yeah. seen it and he did a very good job but apparently a lot of people are very disappointed because there was three minutes left to go in the game and he gave them 15 yards on the kickoff. But, but they were 10 points up at the time. But, everyone needs to chill the fuck out. <laughs> I don't know whether everyone caught that but Gary says everyone needs to chill the fuck out. Uh, <laughs> well, it's true, I, I, isn't it? I kind like, of agree, yeah. You know, like fucking... I think. Did you see in Canada this week? I don't suppose you would have done. But a, a lineman fell on a fumble in the end zone and scored. Right, a touchdown. His first ever touchdown. And he ran to his girlfriend in the crowd, and she gave him a beer, and he chugged a whole oh, beer, yeah. and didn't and didn't get penalised. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, that was, Surely that's taunting. <laughs> Welcome to football in Canada. Just all, drink. All I saw was um, that's amazing. Imagine if your team was coached by Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant. I I understand why they enforce penalties. They don't want it to get out of hand, but. I don't understand why people got so carried away with it. It was a momentary thing from a guy who's been just about your most outstanding player, maybe outside Alvin Kamara this season. Let it go. Don't. That's it. After this week, I should never hear of this again. No, definitely not. I think one of the things that was really encouraging for Saints fans is the performance of the offensive line. Like The Rams have got a great pass rush in the middle, but they didn't get a single sack on Drew Brees. Some of that is due to the speed at which Brees gets rid of the ball. Um but the offensive line absolutely, they stopped Aaron Donald, they stopped Sue. Dante Fowler was there, but he didn't really do anything else. Um, they just played brilliantly. And I think that's that's been a theme throughout this year and that could see them all the way to the Super Bowl. I, I agree completely. And if, if I come back to the celebration, I don't, if he gets penalised 15 yards for that and the Eagles don't get penalised for the electric slide, <laughs> there's something wrong with football. <laughs> Um, other quick stat: Eli Apple, five tackles, one of the top performers on the on the Saints team. This, this yeah, week. but he's still a big old bag of wank, can he? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> An apple a day keeps the playoffs away, like we said last season. Uh, Todd Gurley, he has a touchdown in twelve straight games, which is the longest streak in franchise history. Considering the greatest show on turf and all the great players they've had. That's impressive. The guy is is brilliant. I think this was the game where he lost the most yards behind the line. He was tackled behind the line a few times, but generally speaking, he's been outstanding all season. And uh, I, I was it was good to see him on a, not on the field at the same time, but in a game where you could watch him and Kamara because they are two of the most outstanding running backs yeah. we've got at the moment. Uh, Ingram hasn't done a lot since he's come back from his suspension, right? I mean, he doesn't look that good. He lost a fumble. He just... He doesn't look like the same player from last he year, does he? He started last year really slowly, and uh, I guess at that time they had they were trying to fit Peterson in as well. Um, but he started slowly last season, uh, and maybe it's just this, a similar sort of thing this year. Well, let's give him to the playoffs. You know, he's still going to be he's still a class player. Well, they don't they didn't miss him. They didn't miss him in the first four games, did they? Uh, they they didn't, but I think well, it helps Kamara. That he's there, he you know it gives yeah. Kamara more. Breathing. But let's not forget they lost their opening game. They got stuffed by the Bucks, I think, yeah. in their opening game, and then they went to overtime with the Browns in their second game. Like they weren't good to start yeah, the season. A botched kick from a loss against the Browns. Yeah. But I, I think that that game, that first game against the Bucks, was an anomaly because nobody expected 
Ryan Fitzpatrick to turn up. Apart from Griff, apparently. So, <laughs> who looks more and more like Fitzpatrick by the day? So I said right at the start of the segment that the Saints won because they're at home. I think home advantage to the Saints is massively important, and with that win, they they've got the one up over the Rams for the first uh, first place in the playoffs. So the first place by. Do you think they're going to lose again? Here's a schedule. They're at the Bengals this week. Uh, then they're home. No, they've got the Bengals at their place this week, sorry. Uh, then they're at the Eagles, home to the Falcons, at, at uh, Cowboys, Bucks again, Panthers, Steelers, Panthers in the last three games, which could be massive for that, for that division. The Steelers game is significant. Look, you know, we know that that is one of the... I'm just ignoring him. Um, LAUGHTER um, so we know that um, that division is probably the toughest in football and has been for at least the last probably three years. And, you know, they've all got to play each other twice. So um, it, this, the season starts hard and it finishes hard, you know, so... Just like me, really. I, I, can I knew see. one of you was going to go there. <laughs> well, Just be careful we don't I, roll over on it. I can see, yeah. <laughs> I can see the Saints losing two more games this season. But I don't think it'll be a problem because I think the Rams will probably lose a couple more games now. Of those games, I mean, you never want to go to Carolina, do you? Uh, Carolina generally win at home. They look so good, and they look really good. They, they, they might, I think, they might lose one, one or two. But I, yeah, I also think the the Rams will lose one or two as well. So, see, the Rams are playing the Seahawks next, and I I don't know if you, you could tell me. And then they're playing the Chiefs. I don't think you can tell me they're definitely going to win both those games. No, no, they're away to the Seahawks and the Ram uh, and the Chiefs. They're away to them both, aren't they? Are they not? They're at home, are they? Oh, apologies. Chiefs ones in Mexico. Though. Oh, that doesn't count. But you can't tell me that they're definitely going to beat the Seahawks and definitely going to beat the Chiefs. You you can't tell me that. Then they're playing the Lions, the Bears, the Eagles, the Cardinals, and the Niners. They're probably going to win out, but they're not definitely winning the next two games. So the Saints could really have put themselves in prime spot now. In, in that uh, conference and it, it's, it's all about whether the Rams are upset by this loss and Sean McVay came out afterwards and was like adversity is just going to make us stronger we needed to lose one so the players know what it's like and they know what they're fighting and I mean his press conference was brilliant he, was, he basically didn't miss a beat however he must be looking at the next two games and thinking we cannot lose both of those games it's, it's a big result because it's NFC versus NFC and could be a prelude to the championship game this year. Yeah. Should, so, be. should be. I, I, I should think be. based on form, we should be seeing these so, two teams in the championship game. So because game. of that, it is an important game. So, And it will have some mental scars. So, And obviously, if it does end up costing the Rams the number one seed in the NFC, then it could also cost them home advantage in that championship game. So... Um, and we've seen for the Patriots over the last 10 years how important that's been. Do you know this was the first game in NFL history to be at week nine or beyond where both teams were averaging 33 points or more? That's crazy. In NFL history, back to 19, whenever that is, 50. That's bonkers. That that, but, but that's how good these two teams have been offensively. The difference is the defence and the Rams just isn't quite as good. That's That's where it is. Yeah, but you know we've still got to leave to come back, so that's I think that will change. But <clears throat> should go to uh, from the sublime to the ridiculous. The Cowboys 
were shit. Um, losing at home for the first time this season to the Tetons, Jerry Jones has once again given the vote of confidence to Jason Garrett, despite a putrid performance. So, will Jerry stick to his word or should he make the change? So, the question to Jerry Jones was, are you going to make any in-season change to your coaching team? And he said, no. Which means Jason Garrett is apparently safe for the rest of the season. However, I was listening to um, Mike Florio's Pro Football Talk podcast this morning and he said exactly the same thing eight years ago about Wade Phillips. (laughs) And then literally the next game he sacked him. (laughs) So Jason Garrett's got to be sitting there going, oh shit, um, this game wasn't good for the Cowboys um, and mainly because they're not getting their most talented players on the ball. So Zeke Elliott had six touches in the second oh, half. So it's absolutely crazy. Ridiculous. He had 96 yards. They couldn't stop him and the Cowboys basically took him out of the game. He's yeah. absolutely crazy. Honestly, Jason Garrett is on the hottest of hot seats because here's the reason why the division is so bad the Cowboys are still in it if they make the coaching change now and get it right they make the playoffs the thing is who do you who do you bring in anyone other than Jason Garrett like the only person on the, on their coaching staff at the moment that's got head coach experience is Rod Marinelli and he led the Lions to 0-16 I think you're forgetting Hugh Jackson's just become available <laughs> <laughs> no no I wasn't <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one bright spot was Amari Cooper actually looked pretty good. He had five catches, 58 yards and a touchdown. You know, that bodes well. Although Dak Prescott did overthrow him two or three times. So well, there's a typical Dak Prescott. Tennessee converted 78% of their third downs. That was a massive thing. The, the Dallas defense could not get off the field. And, and the Titans just haven't done this to anyone all season. Now, a lot of those third down conversions went to Corey Davis as well. He had a great game. And there was, there was one pass to him and he was in between four players and Mariota pinpoint found him. And well, it was a great catch. Mariota com- was actually responsible for all 11 third down conversions. He ran for six and threw for five or the other way around. I mean, Mariota was spot on. This was just about his most complete game of the season. But they, they played him well as well. Yeah. Like, so that's what I was going to add. It, yeah. They got, they got Mariota right. It's what we, we've been saying throughout. Mariota can be also his own worst enemy. <clears throat> and... Uh, I think the play calling for him was spot on this week. This week, he, do you not think the play calling for Mariota should be the same? Should for be, Dak? I was literally just about to say that yeah. it should be exactly the same. They're very similar types of players. Dak can rush the ball as well as any other quarterback, maybe bar Cam Newton at the moment, but he never gets that opportunity. No, I, I, I honestly cannot. I, I just don't understand why Jerry Jones would say that when really, I, if I was him, I'd be making, I'd be looking out there. Who can I get in? For the second half of the season, who's going to get me five wins, which which is probably enough to get into the playoffs in this division? What's said publicly and what's said behind the scenes, those yeah, but going to be best much saying di- nothing. That's my point. Don't he well, can't he say has a, he has a press. If he says nothing, then that's saying everything. No, no, but yeah. he's the only GM slash owner who has a press conference after every game. Most of them just don't do. You don't hear from other GMs after every game. Yeah, but it's Jerry Jones, isn't it? Yeah, but that's what I mean. He'd be best off saying nothing. Always. Because the problem with the Cowboys for the last, what, since 1996 when they won their last Super Bowl, is Jerry Jones. Yeah. It's not, it's not Jason Garrett. He's, he's hamstrung by the fact that everything goes over his head to Jerry we, Jones. We say a lot about other teams, and, but it's systematically that team is wrong. And I think uh, it sort of needs 
demolishing and building again apart from Zeke. Well, that's what Troy Aikman's come out and said. The whole thing's got to be burnt down and started all over again. Yes, Zeke's a star, a star player. I think Amari Cooper is a great acquisition. They probably gave up too much they, for they him. Never paid. But are you definitely going to get a better wide receiver in the first round this year? Possibly not. So why not? So keep Zeke, uh, keep Cooper. And, and Dak, if you play him properly. Keep him if, you got, if you're going to find a play caller who's going to use Dak Prescott rather than try and shape him to something he isn't. Same with Mariota at the Titans. You know, they're already talking, is he the quarterback of the future for the Titans? Well, we've seen 50% of the time, definitely not. And 50% of the time, yeah, probably, because there isn't going to necessarily be anyone better. But it's all about how you play him. The Cowboys could be a better version of what the Jaguars are last year in that they've actually got a pretty decent defence, probably not on the same level as the Jaguars last year, but they added a few pieces they could get there. Dak's a better quarterback than Blake Bortles and Zeke Elliott is a better running back than um, what's-his-face in, in Jacksonville. Fournette. That's the one. Yeah. Um, so if they just invested a little bit more on their defence and then just told Dak not to do too much, just give it to Zeke, then th- this could be a really good team next year. You know, this was only the second time all season the Titans have scored over 20 points. I can believe they looked awful when believe. we saw them at Wembley. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, and they were. But the problem is the Cowboys' defence has actually been the best thing about this team. And, yeah, well, and that's that, what I'm saying. Yeah, they, They've got some good pieces there. But, but they, they are falling apart because they can't get off the field. And when they do get off the field, it's three and out. And then they're back on the field again. It, the problem is with the play calling and the coaching and just just look somewhere else, Jerry. Have a well, look. I, just, I, I, I think he's probably looking long-term and he knows that he's not going to get a long-term fix by sacking Garrett in the middle of the, middle is of the season. Is he interested or does he just want to make the playoffs? If he just wants to make the playoffs, now, this week, is when you make this call. What's the point if you're not going to get any further in the playoffs? Well, if, if he gets you to well, the playoffs, you've always got a chance of sneaking through and then you can look again for next season. But you season. might as well just tank and try and be at least a little bit high in the draft. They can't tank. They're the Cowboys. They can't tank. Plus, in that division, you've still got the Giants <laughs> tanking ball on them. So. <laughs> it, it's just, you know... The race to the bottom. Yeah. Well, just like John usually does. <laughs> hey. Well, should we move on to uh, the Broncos? The Broncos traded Demarius Thomas to the Texans and promptly faced him uh, and his new team this week. The Texans came out on top, and Thomas has now opened up about his final weeks at Denver. What do you guys think about the Thomas move, and what does it say about Denver, uh, both now and where they're headed? Well, so Demarius Thomas has come out and basically said he was told he wasn't being traded, rumours weren't true. Then he was told he needed to surrender snaps to some... Is it Deshaun Hamilton? Deshaun Hamilton. Hamilton? Hamilton, yeah, yeah, a youngster. Uh, and he wasn't impressed with being told that that's what he'd got to do. And then all of a sudden, he was traded. And he didn't know. Now, that is no way to treat one of your best, maybe, well, probably your second best yeah, second star best. on the team, is it? It's, it really isn't. When your face of your franchise is currently Case Keenum, nah. you need to be keeping your better players around. Do you know Demarius Thomas is one of four receivers since 2013 with 6,000 yards and 40 touchdown catches. Anybody want to take a guess at the other three? Currently playing. They're currently playing. Julio. Julio. No. AJ Green. Yes. Des Bryant. No. Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown. There's one more. Don't have silence on a podcast, people. OBJ. Odell Beckham. No, I just wanted to give you the chance to shout it again, but it's still wrong. <laughs> Hopkins? It is. So the Texans now have two of those receivers, because they have Hopkins as well. This is a great acquisition for the Texans, mm. and possibly a disaster for the Broncos. Cortland Sutton looks good, 
but he doesn't look like Demarius Thomas. And this is just another Elway move. Elway is done. I was going to say, let's go to the root of the problem, which is John Elway. He can't bring in a quarterback to save his life bar Peyton Manning and pretty difficult to go wrong when you're bringing in he likes to be talked fame. about he's John Elway he wants people to talk about John Elway he doesn't want Demarius doesn't Thomas taking his can't, line no no I agree with you he can't build a team yeah, he's, he's, he's terrible had, he's had one Super Bowl and that's come behind a good a good defence and Peyton Manning and that's about it really yeah he, he didn't do a lot to get that he managed to attract Peyton Manning well done now you've got to find someone who isn't a star and turn them into one he can't do that Unless unless Andrew Luck is going to get traded to the Broncos, Elway's done. So the the biggest problem is Elway's not going to be done because there's a massive issue kind of at the moment with the Broncos' ownership in that the the owners are currently three children of Pat Bolan who's got um, Alzheimer's, so he's not in control, and they're all being taken to court by Pat Bolan's brother who doesn't like what they're doing. So there's, Elway is no Elway's not answering to anyone at the moment. So he's not going to get sacked. <laughs> and it shows. Yeah. Oh my god, it, it it's, it's, bar it's Jerry Jones is probably the safest GM in the league at the moment. Do you know what though? I was mistake not mistakenly because he has been terrible, but I was I was mocking Case Keenum there, but a couple of the throws he put into the tight end is it Herman? They, no, no, but they, they were good. And this was his first game without an interception. I'm not saying that he's good. Let, before, just, no, like, what, right. We've been agreeing. <laughs> we, we've been agreeing. So you jump in a second. But no. we've been agreeing. We've been good today. We've not been fighting. But this was Keenum's best game of the season. And the whole Broncos team and coaching staff still couldn't do enough to win. I've been, I've been reading the work email. I probably shouldn't have been. But I've been reading the work email for the last like, six or seven minutes. And then you said that. And I just like, <laughs> you know, I had to get involved it, again. It was the way you just sat um, back and went, yeah. right. <laughs> You know, it's like uh, you said Brian Hoyer. Yeah, it's just it's it's terrible. But um I tell you what, um Deshaun Watson struggled, I thought, the early part of this year. Um and actually I think um bringing in an experienced player like Demarius Thomas alongside DeAndre Hopkins um really is gonna help Watson not just for now, but possibly for the next five to eight years because um he'll be able to work with a wide receiver um, he will show him how routes should be run. It will, he'll show him how he wants to be communicated with by his quarterback. And I think that's probably going to really help develop um, Deshaun Watson massively for his future career. And I think not only is this good for the Texans now, then actually, you know, when um, Deshaun Watson becomes a true leader of that team in the future, this is going to have helped his development no end whatsoever. I think it really, really helps for the future. They've won six on the bounce now after starting with three losses. So they're now top of the AFC South. Titans have obviously won this week. Jaguars are in a state of flux. And the Indianapolis Colts are seemingly getting better. This could be quite a competitive league, but I I don't think two teams are coming out of it. Last team to lose their opening three games and then win six on the bounce? The 1970 Giants. The 1970 Giants, fourth and inches, you are a winner. Well done. If only you were that good this year. Was that on the fact sheet? Uh, No, I left it off. That's impressive. Uh, Can you tell me, Deshaun Watson, 35 or more touchdowns in his first 16 games, two other quarterbacks have achieved that. Dan Marino. And? Someone else. Kurt Warner. Ah. Pat Mahomes is going to piss all over them. (laughs) (laughs) But... And that was on your fact sheet, if anybody well, bothered I, I to read it. I, 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 I didn't hear that earlier as well. I don't read it. I don't read it either. <laughs> no, I, I, don't, I know you don't, but I like to put them there just for you anyway to see if anybody's paying attention. But Deshaun Watson, 
to, to your point, like the first three games was disappointing, but other than that, I he's think been really good. He's, the last few weeks, he's been if we superb. If we didn't have Pat Mahomes, Deshaun Watson would be a revelation at the moment over last year and this year. So let's just bear that in mind. He's not as funny to listen to, though. No, it doesn't sound like Kermit the Frog. <laughs> this is very true. Um, do you know, the other problem for the Broncos is they've given the ball away in 12 straight games because Booker had a fumble this week, even though Keenum didn't turn it over. And they missed two field goals which would have been more than enough to win this game. Also, so, the one at the end, the play calling for that, that drive was terrible. Oh, he so he didn't, didn't give the kicker any... It was only for 53 yards, and it, in um, in Denver, that should be achievable, but they could have got him a lot closer. The Broncos just, have lost five out of the last six defeats by seven or fewer points as well. So this is a bit like the Niners last year, where they just weren't quite getting over the line. And it was a similar thing there. You had Brian Hoyer. Now they've got Case Keenum in Denver where... The new Hoyer. Yeah, the new Hoyer. They're just not... But it's not all on him is my point. Like, the pl- Vance Joseph is doing an awful job. Vance Joseph is awful. He's he, gone at the end of the year. He's gone. See, I disagree. I think it mainly is on Case Keenum because actually, you know, they've still got Von Miller. They've still got a half-decent defence. When they had Demarius Thomas, they've got... They had half-decent wide receivers. Um, and then they've also found two solid rookie running backs so actually he had some stuff around him to to do to be good enough to be you know over over 500 percent and he's he's not he's got more he well, he's had more top quality tools around him than yeah. Aaron Rodgers has had to be Def, fair that's what I'm saying so, or Brian Hoyer, so Brian Hoyer. I, I, I think actually it probably is more on Case Keenum um and he just needs to take his money this year because he's not going to get it next year I was gonna say he had one good season and he's been rewarded with a 20 million dollar contract but it worked for Sam Bradford. Yeah, he's come back and been shit. Well, let's move on because uh, that's taken more longer than I imagined. So, uh, <laughs> Matt Stafford was sacked 10 times uh, by the Vikings this week. Golden Tate was traded away. And Matt Patricia lost his cool with a journalist. Is this going to be a, a one and done situation for, for Patricia? Or uh, is the Lions organization simply experiencing growing pains? Uh, it's a close division, as, it's been, as it has been in years, and uh, are they in danger of wasting Stafford? Equally, how good a job did the Vikings do? And are they back on course following a tumultuous start to the season? Lots of questions there for you. I absolutely think the Vikings are back to where they ought to be. They were bad to start the year, and that was to be expected. New play call, a new quarterback. Uh, didn't have Dalvin Cook up to any sort of speed. So... I think the Vikings are trending up. I think the Lions are treading water. I'm not sure what the problem is. It may be that Matt Patricia is just a coordinator, like Josh McDaniels is just a coordinator. Wade Be- Phillips as well. Yeah, because because something is missing in this team. This was the first time the Lions had conceded 10 sacks since 2003. This is a bit of an anomaly. They hadn't been anywhere near this bad this season. But Stafford doesn't look confident, which is something we never say about Matt Stafford. They can't consistently get the running game going. Kerry on Johnson's had a couple of brilliant games this season and then fuck all the rest of the time. And I know because I've got him in fantasy land. Uh, they've, they've released Amir Abdullah today. They finally cut him because they never got him going. I think, um, I think you've been a little bit harsh on Kerry on Johnson. Um, Go and check out his stats. No, well, I think he got 50 yards again this week, didn't he? In the end? He might have done. Yeah, but my, you know... 37. He, yeah, he is, a, he is a rookie though, isn't 37. he? 37. 
Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. a rookie. Yeah, so I think, um, but the talent is there. But the play calling to use yeah, him is I not. I mean, there. he's not in a good team, is he, at the moment? So he's in a, he's not in a good team, and he certainly does not have a good offensive line. Well, exactly, quite well, clearly, quite that, clearly shown. She's just about to say that that's the that's the biggest problem is the offensive so, line yeah, to give I up ten sacks. Leave carry on alone a little bit. Yeah, I, I've got him in fantasy. I believe in him. I just it's been disappointing with the play calling. My my dig is mostly at Patricia and the team. It doesn't seem to be working. And and to trade Golden Tate now, I know it's because he's going to get paid at the end of this year, and you know he's getting on a little bit. But that said, we've given up on this season. We're, we're not doing anything this season. And that surprises me that if they're committed to Matt Patricia, they didn't say to him, do you want to keep your best receiver? The man with the most yards after catch percentage over the last four years. It showed... Gold, trading away Gordon Tate is taking away the quick ball for Stafford yeah. and it showed this week uh, as he, it really you know, did. Kenny Golladay looks brilliant but I like I like who they've still got yeah. uh, Jones Marvin and Jones TJ Jones they're, they're yeah and, uh, the, the problem is they're yeah. all deep threats and yeah. you, you can't have deep threats if you've got an offensive line that's playing like that because you've got to give them time to get up the field who's Go- the tight end there goes out of my head completely anybody the Lions tight end. Luke Wilson? I don't know. Did he they, have, they, have, they do have Luke Wilson. But, but, but this is what used. they used to use Golden Tate as, like New England used Gronk and, and Zach Ertz is used in Philadelphia. It's the quick outball to a big player who can break through a tackle. Yeah. And now they've got nothing. Stafford's holding the ball longer. He's going to be in trouble. Yeah, exactly. You can't hold the ball that long, especially against that defensive line with that offensive, with that offensive line and not expect to get hurt. Yeah, so... Uh, Thielen's 100-yard game, game streak finished. He did not yeah. get He did score, though. He's on a six-game streak of scoring, which is tied in the NFL at the moment for wide receivers. He looks a bit banged up, though. Yeah, I think um, I should imagine he is. <laughs> He's been the focal point of everything they've done. Do you know, 10 of the last 13 NFC Championship runner-ups have not made the playoffs the following year. Uh, a word of caution for the Vikings there. It's just, well, that's just a case of the NFC being much, much stronger yeah, than the Absolutely. AFC. I'm not saying anything other than that, but this is why I was asking earlier about the Bears sitting at the top of that division. Can they cling on and, and basically force the Vikings out? No, I think the Vikings are, be- are the better team. They should be, absolutely. They've got, well, they had Everson Griffin came back for this match and suddenly that defensive line just... Dalvin got, Cook as well, that 70-yard yeah. run. That was the fastest... Top speed by a ball carrier this season. Yeah. And he's returning from injury. 22 point something miles an hour. That's ridiculous. That's faster than my first car used to go. <laughs> we, we, me and Gary were sat watching Red Zone just uh, laughing at the thought of you chucking your phone in. No, no. I was prepared, I was never going to start Dalvin this week because the last time I did that, when they brought him back the other week, he got like 0.4 of a point and then they took him off. So I just thought, no, nah, you can't do it this week. Was, what can you do? That's, that's fantasy. I've got six wins. Well, well, I've got I've got three times as many wins as I had last year. I couldn't be <laughs> happier. I really, I'm all good. Honest, well, I'm fine. Well, come on to fantasy, Sue. But uh, should we move on to... Uh, well, actually, let's move on to fantasy. <laughs> So, uh, Gilo, it's that time of the week where you bestow upon us all your fantasy advice for the forthcoming week. So, what nuggets have you got for us this time out? Well, I I don't really know how to, uh, you know, really, that intro is just too much. Um, But, yeah, cheers, cheers, Paul. Um, so I think um, we're getting to that stage of the season now where um, we're starting to look at... <laughs> Swallow it, Paul. <laughs> Swallow it. 
<laughs> He's a spitter. Who knew? <laughs> Baby making music, making you laugh, is it, Paul? Um, <laughs> so, so, yeah, we're getting to that stage of the season now where most leagues are going to go into um, to playoff fantasy football within sort of four weeks now. Um, so, unfortunately, for some of you out there, if you're playing in, you know, um, leagues where you have 14 playoffs, then you're probably got some teams that are probably almost out of it now um so you might be playing for the loser bowl or if not you're um you know you're, you're just done but if you are still in a playoff league um or position like we, we play in a league where eight teams go into the playoffs um not many people do that it's just a bit pussyish um <laughs> it's for people with you know not very thick skins um but even even so most bye weeks we're nearly through now week nine um is, is quite a heavy one coming up soon with the Packers, the Seahawks, etc. So is, there is still some big bye weeks still coming up. Um, but coming out of that, it's, it's time to really start thinking about if you're in the playoff places, what do you want on your bench? What matchups are coming? Because there are some players out there that, you know, you can probably still pick up. And if you don't need to win games, are worth taking a punt on. So had a little look at some of these. So... Um, one one we talked about earlier in the in the podcast, but uh, Josh Gordon still available in some leagues because he hasn't actually been picked up in every single league yet, which is just madness, really. Um, if you can find him anywhere, pick him up. Mike it's a bad Day- time to point out that he's available in ours. He hasn't yeah. been picked up in ours. I think you find all the waiver requests just went in there, Jim. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'd let you know. I did do my waiver request for him earlier <laughs> on, um, so I'm hoping I'm sixth in our league, in our pussy league. So I'm in the playoff position at the moment. So I have an opportunity of, of being in the playoffs. So pussy I'm hoping, league sounds amazing. <laughs> I'm hoping that nobody uh, below me uh, sounds like bottomless wrestling. Um, I just need to make a point that I put a waiver in for Johnson in the pussy league. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, the next one is uh, so Carson's had a few injury issues that he's trying to manage uh, at the Seahawks Mike Davis um, was, was scoring a lot of touchdowns but not getting a lot of touches earlier in the season um, so he's worth stashing as well because you, just you always want sure. more touches in the pussy league exactly exactly um, Detroit at the moment after Tate's gone um, you know that we're starting to see some differences to the offence and TJ Jones is somebody I believe that again is worth. He could he could go on a hot streak soon, so he's worth putting in there. And then um, when you look at injured reserve and who might come back, probably the main one is Devontae Freeman could still come back in time for a late um, playoff fantasy run. Obviously Coleman's doing very well at the Falcons, but Freeman is still very well thought of and, and, and well respected in the organisation. So. He's worth a punt, you know. You don't necessarily want to be starting him, but he's worth stashing, you know. So, um, just a few thoughts as we as we get to to playoff time. So, a couple of players that we mentioned earlier: Duke Johnson is available in a lot of yep. leagues, and I think that the Browns will now use him a lot more. They they got rid of uh, Hyde, didn't they? And uh, I think he was underused. My under. only issue with Duke Johnson is is that he plays for the Browns. And um, unfortunately, the Browns um, seem to be um, doing what they do and just really... Being awful? Yeah, I think they're just... They've got no plan. Like, they've sacked Hugh Jackson and there's no plan. They got rid of Todd Haley and there's there's no plan. So I don't think that you're going to see any sort of level of consistency there. So that's why I probably wouldn't, you know, go for Duke, Duke Johnson because I just don't know that you can rely on him in the big games. I've 
personally, I'm excited about the Chubby Johnson that they're going to have him running back in Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> That's me done for the night, thanks. Wow. <laughs> Uh, Elijah Maguire at the Jets was another one that I was looking yeah. at who uh, is basically going to be taking the snaps out from Bilal yeah. who was putting up six or seven points but without being yeah. over the top you know you got Quincy whatever his name is as well um, yeah, and, yeah that'll do um, playing at wide receiver um, again some, some people think he's he's a good sleeper pick but doesn't have the best hands doesn't have the best quarterback yet I think you're fine JPP doesn't have the best so, hands <laughs> that, that is true um but yeah, so there's 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 options out there, um, but you've got to you've got to look at um, what's on your bench, especially after you've come out of the bye weeks. There's no point in having anything safe on your bench because it's about risk reward. Because once you get into playoff football, you either win or you lose. So um, it's no point having people that are scoring four or five points every week on your bench or eight points. You need people that will either score twenty points or zero points, you know. So take some risks. Um, and also, I'd say, if you are in the situation where you're, say, two wins out and you need to win, you know, your next two or three games, now is the time to, to offer some trades and take some risks because there are people out there, you know, I know I'm sat on two very strong quarterbacks and, you know, it's definitely time to... Um, it's definitely... I'm not sitting on them, literally. Um <laughs> But it's now it's now time to, to trade to trade. If you are if you've got a poor quarterback, trade for a quarterback. If you are short at wide receiver, just go out there and and try and use what you have on your bench that you no longer need to cover bye weeks to trade for quality players. So be a bit more you know frivolous. Do we know who's on bye week next week? Because. I've been affected. But I think the I think the Ravens and the Vikings are for next week. Vikings definitely are. So the Broncos. <laughs> Who'd have a Broncos? I, I've got Philip Lindsay. I mean, other than him, who would have a Broncos? I've got Saunders. I've got Sutton. <laughs> but I'm going to shut my mouth then. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I can't remember who the, the other, other bye weeks are this week. Uh, but, yeah. Well, look, he's, he's not smart. Look it up. Jim will find <laughs> it in a minute. He's, he's looking for it frantically. That's, uh, you know, I think it's time to come to our little mission that I set you all earlier. Uh, I wanted effectively a power ranking of your top 10 quarterbacks based on this season. Ravens, Broncos, Texans, Vikings. Ah, oh, you beat Jim to it. Well done. Um, so yeah, I'm fairly sure that probably 7 of 10 we're all going to have. And I just want to see if the other 3 or so match up. So I'm not looking for a consensus number 1 or a list. I just want to know where everybody sees it this season and whether we've all got the same couple that might have expected to be in there that aren't. So, uh, can I have, Gary, your number one? Um, so, I have Drew Brees at number one. John? Uh, Patrick Mahomes. Jim? Patrick Mahomes. And I also have Patrick Mahomes. And I also have Patrick Mahomes. So, that's, you know, let's see. So, Drew Brees, we think, is... is very good. Anybody else got shouts for Drew Brees? Where he's at? I've, I've got. got him at, I had him at number two. I have him at number two. I have him at number five. What? Well, I expected him to be number one. He hasn't done anything out of the ordinary. I did tell you I'd be looking for people who've exceeded Still expectations. Still been bloody good. I, I have Mahomes at number two, so I've gone Brees then Mahomes. I've got Brees at number four. Okay, so right, uh, Paul, who have you got at number three? Cam Newton. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I have Tom Brady. Cam Newton. Matt Ryan. And I have got Jared Goff. Who did you have at number two, Paul, say? Jared Goff. Oh. Uh, my number two is Andrew Luck. Okay. Because I think he's been outstanding. Most touchdown passes thrown. No one's paying him any attention. Come on now. Uh, Jim, uh, on next up. Wait, 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 wait. He did Patrick, Patrick Mahomes has got most touchdown passes. Sorry, second most touchdown. <laughs> yeah. right. uh, Jim, who was next up on your list? Uh, we got number four, Tom Brady. I ja- have Cam Newton. Javid Goff. I have Matt Ryan. I said earlier, Drew Brees. You did. Um, like I said, I had Drew Brees at five. Gary? I have Cam Newton at five. There or thereabouts then. Andrew Luck. Jared Goff. Thomas Brady. Thomas Brady, how formal. Nice. This is one that's going to send somebody bonkers. I've got Philip Rivers up next. <laughs> <laughs> I love the, the rub of the eyes. <laughs> Just, he's been really good. He has. Just the immediate face palm <laughs> made that for me. Um, I had Andrew Luck next. Cam Newton. Uh, this is number six. Yeah. Uh, Philip Rivers. I have Jared Goff. Okay, so pretty much we're all, everybody's more or less on the same part. All these players are, you know, grouped in and around, okay, with the exception of Gary and Philip Rivers. Uh, next up, I had Russell Wilson. I had Matt Ryan. I had Kirk Cousins. Big Ben. I have Aaron Rodgers. Ooh. I'll tell you now, Aaron Rodgers isn't on my list. Uh, I've got Brady next. Philip Rivers. Uh, Thomas Brady. Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins. I love the idea that we're going to call him <laughs> Thomas Brady from now on. <laughs> Thomas Brady, like he's yeah, just starting out. He's definitely going to stick. Uh, where were we? Oh, oh yes. Uh, number, number nine. nine. Just because I've got Fitz Magic. Jesus. I've got Andrew Luck. Uh, Deshaun Watson. Andy Dalton. Wow. I'll tell you, I'll give you some context. He's been, I think he's been better than expectation. The Bengals have been better than expectation. He was my number le- number 11. He's, he's been solid. I have Russell Wilson at number nine. Uh, and finally, I had Big Ben, number 10. Yep, same Big Ben. Russell Wilson. I have Big Ben at number 10. Kirk Cousins. So, with limited, in small changes, but I just wanted to see if everybody's thinking along the same path. I don't have Aaron Rodgers because I think he's been disappointing. Uh, so, I'm the only one that's taken Aaron Rodgers, and I think, I, I looked at all sorts of different stats, and his passer rating is lower than it normally is at 98.9, but the guy has thrown one interception, yeah? Mm. And I do, you know, we can talk about the excuses and everything, but he's not playing in a in a great offense at the moment and that's the issue um and the other reason why um i didn't put luck in as well is because i based it on what not what the quarterback had done but what it delivered as well so i I very much looked at maybe just five kind of main stats so fantasy points because you know that's important um quarterback rating interceptions touchdowns and their record you know, I didn't worry too much about pass completion because that doesn't mean shit if you win nothing. So, you know, you have to take these things into account. Otherwise, you know, I would have put Blake Bortles number one. <laughs> <laughs> um, anybody 
got an honourable mention that they didn't feel could go in their top 10. Uh, mine is Deshaun Watson. I couldn't put him in the top 10 because he had such a bad start. But I honestly, I think by the end of the season, he'll be easily in the top I 10. I think both Deshaun Watson and Mitchell Trubisky could both be Quite. very close to this top 10. I think the one we, we've all left out is Carson Wentz. I know he's not started as many games as others, but if you look at his stats... Based on his stats at the moment, if he was to play a full 16-game season, he'd be throwing 35 touchdowns and five interceptions, which is phenomenal. Most lists I've seen have Carson Wentz about eighth. Yeah. Um, so, but it's, it's a bit early to to see. I think. I'm open for ridicule on this, but Alex Smith. I actually think that's fair because he's basically transferred what he did at the Chiefs over to the. Redskins. I don't think that's fair because. The Redskins uh, winning games. Sorry, Paul. Um, through Adrian Peterson. No, well, one through Adrian Peterson, <laughs> yeah. which has nothing to do with Alex Smith because Peterson hardly catches a ball. And two, because somehow their defence has moved from the bottom five defence in every single category to the top five defence in every single category. So Smith's not had to do much, has he? They've still got to score touchdowns. And I think Smith has been... He hasn't been remarkable, but I think he's been steady. And he gives, he gives a team stability. And that's exactly what the Redskins needed. I could not agree with you more. I'm not sure whether he was ever going to crack the top ten, but they haven't missed Kirk Cousins the way we all thought they would miss Kirk Cousins. Yep. Uh, and does anyone want to nominate anyone other than Nate Peterman as their worst quarterback of the season so far? Well, any of the Bills quarterbacks. Brian Hoyer? He's not playing. He's not playing. Someone Still who's alive. A, someone who's a... <laughs> Someone who's a regular starter, you know, I'm looking for more than 50% of the games played, so you don't get any of the Bills. Bradford back. was bad. Yeah, did he play 50% he of the games? He did not play 50% of the games, he played three out of Okay. Nine. Josh Rosen. Keenum. Balls. Balls. <laughs> Josh Rosen. <laughs> you, you're sticking with Josh Rosen. You, you think he's been pretty bad, even as a rookie? Yeah, Josh Rosen. Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill, yeah. I think, is a fair shout because if you look at his and Brock's numbers, there's not much difference. Brock gets loads of crap and Tannehill wasn't. So yeah. I think that's that's fair. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's difficult. I've been very disappointed by Derek Carr. I wouldn't say he's the bottom, but he's been extremely disappointed. I know the situation is difficult. Dak Prescott. Dak's a good shout, actually. That's a great shout. Yeah, agreed. Uh, okay, it was just a little thought where we were. Matt Stafford. He's not been Matt Stafford. No. He's not been Matt Stafford. You are 100% correct with that. Okay, that was yeah. it. I just wanted to see where we were in the middle of the season. Last week, overall power rankings. This week, just to see where the quarterbacks were. Oh, no, fair enough. It's interesting. Uh, let's take a look at the uh, other stats and facts from the games uh, of week nine. Does anyone have anything they'd like to throw into the mix yeah before you all dive and start reading it because I've written it down last Browns coach to win their opening game what year was that uh, I don't give a shit 1989 1987 it was 1989 well done Jim for well done. <laughs> 1989 though seriously come on Browns what are you playing at this is dreadful I'm sorry to go back to Nate Peterman <laughs> but I'm oh, going to go so, back so is everyone I know so even his girlfriend yeah <laughs> so <laughs> poor guy I could get a better passer rating than Nate Peterman by playing one snap and throwing the ball into the ground. <laughs> I would have a passer rating of 39.6, which would put me better than Nate Peterman. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was ridiculous. Uh, as well, someone had a bad game this week. Uh, Darnold 
I mean, uh, the four Jets, interceptions. I mean, he could have had eight. Oh, the, yeah. If the, if the Miami defense could catch, he then he'd have been really really bad. But the extenuating circumstances of his center. Uh, had hand hand injury and couldn't snap a ball. His line's terrible. He's, he's, got, line he's got no one to throw to. He's on course. He's a 21-year-old rookie. He's but, on yeah. course for, for tying Peyton's record of 28 interceptions, right? Deshaun Kaiser had 22 last year and is basically done. Now, Darnold's much more talented, but something is wrong there. We, we all said, okay, Todd Bowles should get time because last year... He did okay with nothing. Now, it's a bit like the Cowboys thing. Like, yeah, they need to be looking. They've got to move on from this. Simple it doesn't work. Darnold, we all, we all think it. We all think Darnold is the future for that franchise. Todd Bowles needs to get sacked now because he's just he, he is not the right person to take him That forward. game in general, though, was bad. Was uh, an awful terrible game. Punt, 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 punt. Interception, field goal. Punt, 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 field goal, field goal. Punt, 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 punt. Missed field goal. Punt, interception, field goal, punt, punt, interception, punt, interception, Jesus Christ. It was the first time those two have met and there's not been an offensive touchdown ever in the NFL. That is atrocious. It's a lot of offensive play. It was absolutely offensive. A lot of punting. Those punters must have been fucked. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, th- I thought really... Uh, do you want to mention... Uh, I want to mention future, Julio. Future Hall of Famer. Oh, uh, Frank, Frank Gore. Gore. Sixth all-time scrimmage yards. Because he's a Hall of Famer, yeah, Duncan. Suck it, suck it, Duncan. Duncan. Uh, Julio. Julio got his first touchdown in 343 days. His 898 yards without a touchdown was the fourth most in the NFL since 91. And his whole team ran to the end zone to celebrate with him. That's, that is a popular guy. Do you see Beckham call it on Twitter? No. Yeah, no, he Be- did, yeah. If Dale Beckham called it, he's just going he's gonna to score now. You know, he hadn't been targeted in the red zone since week one. He still has, well, I, he still has to be outside the red zone to score. Yeah. It's not on Julio, though, is it? I mean, no, no. He's Julio crazy. is still, and he's, he's, he's class. That Falcons team moves down the field based mainly on Julio. You know, it, it's, as Gary said, yeah. you look at looking at fantasy and, you, you know, you, you feel against Julio. And then suddenly you look, and he's got seven seven points because he's gone seventy yards. You don't even realise everything runs through Julio, but uh, as well, I have a uh, Tevin Coleman who was superb. He this was week. good. Um, James Connor for the Steelers became the first Steeler with ten scores in the first eight games of a season. Considering the talent that the Steelers have had through history, that's a really impressive, uh, a really impressive stat line. And also considering the stats that Levy and Bell have put up in, in the start of his career. The Steelers don't need Bell. And this is a big week because if he doesn't come back this week, the Steelers can franchise to tag him again for the same amount and that's likely to happen if he doesn't come back. There is there is the uh, feeling that he's going to come back, isn't it, this week because he's, he's left Miami, he's on his way to see his family. But who... I thought he'd ask for a two-week exen- exemption as well because you can ask for that, can't you? Can well, you, you? You can't be made active but you are still um, back... With the squad, it's still they count as weeks. So you exempt from yeah, the playing who, squad. Who does he have to ask? He has to ask the Steelers for that. Yeah, they're not going so to say yes. Sign, you have to sign the tag <laughs> yeah. and then sign the ex- and then get them to put him on uh, roster exemption for two weeks. So either that or he claims injury. You know. So well, I, I mean, I can't see the Steelers agreeing to that because at the moment, if, if they if they bring him back and he signs and then he chooses to leave at the end of the if he chooses to leave at the end of the year, they get nothing for him. But if he doesn't come back. They can franchise tag him again and it, then trade him. 
Yeah, and I, I want to get value he, for him. I would think he'll be back. I don't know whether they have to pay him if he goes on a two-week exemption still, so they might save themselves another couple of million. I'm not sure on that one. So his salary for a week is more than what Connor's getting for the whole yeah, year. Yeah, it's like 850 well, it? grand yeah. a week Ridiculous. or something. The one thing that caught my eye was that I think there's a uh, the Minnesota defense. So um, they've got a girl in their defense, Danielle Hunter, <laughs> um, who's now the now who's the new sack leader. Which is the position I'd want. <laughs> <laughs> well, you waited a long time to get that joke in there, didn't you? Can um, I just mention the the Panthers? Um, I'm on the Panthers bus this year. I think they're looking great. They look brilliant. And the first half uh, this week, 35 points before they, uh, the Fitzmagic turned up and made it seem a bit closer. But um, Franchise record, that was. 35 points in the first half. Yeah. That's and at can. home. When was the last time they lost at home? Because I... I, I couldn't not, tell you. It's not been for a year and a half, I'd imagine. Cam's playing at a better level this year than he was the year he won the MVP. Yeah. Um, he's got much better weapons around him. His passing completion rate is much higher than it's ever been. Mm. I think it's... It's in the late 60s. Late 60s. And he's normally, mid-50s, a, he's normally mid-50s to 60s. Um, if you see that the, the, the Samuel... The, the Samuel was, touchdown. Yeah. Did he run 103 yards on that end yeah. of yeah. For a... 30-yard touchdown or something. It he must crazy. have crossed the field about three times. Or. It reminds me a few years ago they had Ted Ginn and he used to do a, a lot similar. And, you know, he'd he'd have 40-yard touchdowns there where he'd run 170 so yards. So but. they've changed that whole offense. They used to have like a lot of big-bodied players in it. Now they've just got speed everywhere. All and their, Devin Punches. And Devin Punches, yeah. Uh, they've got Devin <laughs> Punches and Olsen to do that big-body job. But then Samuel McCaffrey, DJ Moore, have all got incredible speed. Yeah. Just and they've still got Greg Olsen. Yeah, doing one-handed catches in the red zone. He looks really good since he came back. Um, Adrian Peterson, 345 yards over the last three games, was held to 17 yards this yeah, week. Yeah, thanks for that. How did that go? Fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> I did see you complain about that. Um, this was one I thought was, was interesting. Since 2012, at the midway point, the Bucks have not been at 500 or above. They're shit. In six they? years. That's, that's they are bad. That is a franchise without direction. So what they need is Fitz Magic, obviously. Um, did we mention that Caleb Sturgis was finally cut by the Chargers? Or was that a conversation we had off air? So I called it three weeks ago or four weeks ago now, whenever it was that we saw them in Wembley and that their their kicker was awful. And I said, there's no way Sturgis should be back on the field. Uh, and now he's gone. And Bagley, I think, hadn't missed a kick in his couple of games that he covered. So I think they'll improve. I mean, their two losses, again, are to the Chiefs and the Rams. They're on a roll. This could be the difference maker. Last year and some of this year, their losses have been down to not being out of kick. So he missed like five extra points or something. It's not it's, good. How do you, I wouldn't miss five extra points? Um, it was uh, it was strange this week uh, not going to Wembley for. You say strange? It was nice as well. It was nice. It was, quite it was nice. nice. <laughs> I didn't realise how exhausting it is standing yeah. outside Wembley for an hour trying to catch a train. It, oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> there, there was. Uh, if, if anyone is listening, upsides. sort that out because that that is bad. Or leave the bars open in Wembley. Yeah. After the match, uh, Russell well, Wilson in the fourth his, quarter, his second yeah. pick six of the season, having only had one in his career up to this season. Did you know that? I would yeah. never have guessed that in a million years. How do you play for what the last four or five years and not have thrown more pick sixes than that? Because he's really good. He's what? really good. He's not rushing around as much this year than he was compared to other years. Like now, he's passing a lot more. I looked at his rushing figures when we were doing the the quarterback exercise and it's nowhere near what Cam's is or nowhere near what he used to be as well so obviously that, that change in systems really helped elongate his career somewhat he's not getting hit left right and centre Alex Smith at number 10 then 
Um, I think we'll end on this one then. Uh, New England are 58-3 and over the last five seasons when leading at any time in the fourth quarter. That is ridiculous. <laughs> That's got a lot to do with Tom Brady, though. So Yeah. Of course it has. Like, fourth quarter in that match on Sunday, Brady had six completions from six attempts. Was it a perfect passer rating, I believe, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Passer yeah. rating, 158.3 versus Aaron Rodgers, 39.6. It's absolutely but he did have clutch six as fuck he did in the third quarter he had six straight incompletions there and by the way shit any to get terrible a, to get a passer rating of 39.6 <laughs> all you'd need to do literally is throw it on the floor yeah have one snap and throw it on the floor okay well um, let's move onwards and uh, it's the time of the week where we get your locks so who is your week 10 lock Guys, who wants to give? Who wants to start the ball rolling here? Okay, uh, there's an easy one, which is the Chiefs destroying the Cardinals because it's at the Chiefs. It's too easy, can't have it. Too, can't have that one. Easy. Can't have that one. Can I take the Eagles to beat the Cowboys then? Because the Cowboys are going to play the Eagles. It's a cl- it's always a tight divisional game, but I cannot see any outcome beyond Carson Wentz crucifying the Cowboys. Well, yeah, so yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, anyone else? Can I say, and I'm not saying this jokingly, Panthers versus Steelers, that is a significant game. Because <laughs> they, they are two teams that are on the up, aren't they? Yeah, so, yeah. definitely. Who are you going for? <laughs> is that a lot? No, God no. My, um, <laughs> I think the Dolphins are going to beat the Packers. Ooh. At Lam- in Lambeau. Oh, I like that. I am going to go for the Colts over the Jaguars. I'm going to go for the Bears over the Lions. I am going to go for oh, a bath, <laughs> a wank, a sleep, a burger. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go Panthers over Steelers. <laughs> I like it. We've had that one already. Yeah, you, you ought to pick a different one. But we'll, we'll <laughs> find. Oh, who had Panthers Steelers? Did, did Paul not have? No, oh no, you said no. You refused to he, take that he one. Out. It was a different game, but I yeah, I'm going to go Panthers over Steelers, even though it's in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Good call. Uh, does anyone else have anything? Or should we take, take a victory formation? I think we should take several knees and run away. So, yeah, thanks for joining us this week. Uh, go check us out on social media. We are on Twitter at Belichick's World. We are on the Facebook at Bill Belichick's World Podcast. Of course, we have uh, a website, www.billbelichick'sworld.com. No, .com. And, uh, of course, if, you are, if you're around Bedfordshire, Milton Keynes, I am on Tinder. So say hello. Uh, but yeah, help us shape the show by telling us what you think and uh, how, you, how you think your team's doing now we're, we're past the halfway line. Uh, leave us a review. Tell, try to be nice and uh, give us five stars on iTunes as well, if, uh, if nothing else. But most of all, remember, this is Bill Belichick's world. We just live in it. But, uh, for this week, it's uh, goodbye. <laughs>